what is real and what is fake, what is real and what is really real. And reading this gospel, I was thinking of something that at first glance doesn't seem to be related. Um, I spent my teenage years and young adult years uh, in Southern California, and we, uh, our family often hosted relatives, especially in the winter, you know, and so I, I can't count the number of times we went to Disneyland when I was growing up and that sort of thing, but some of the things that uh, I found really fun was going to see taped uh, shows, you know, and uh, we, we often went to CBS Television City in Hollywood, we would get these tickets to go down there. It's really a good thing to do if you visit LA. I'm sure they still do that. And so we went to see all kinds of things. It, it kind of dates me to tell you what they were, but uh, things like The Price is Right and uh, All in the Family, we saw that taped. We saw The Carol Burnett Show, which was not fake because it was actually done on a theater stage. So that was, that was very interesting to watch that. Um, my favorite one, I'm forgetting some of the ones we saw now, uh, but my favorite one actually was the original Hollywood Squares because they had three different uh, shows that they taped. And uh, in between camera shots, everybody reverted to their natural selves. You know, when you're on camera, you're one image. When you're off camera, it's all fake, you know. They see the camera, they light up afterward, you know. <laughs> you're, watching, you're watching where the camera isn't, and you see how it's done. And around, around the sets, the stages is absolutely nothing. Somebody will walk off camera beside a wall, they're on the other side of the wall, kind of standing there waiting, you know, and just like you would in a play. And so, well, we know it's fake. When you get to see something actually being produced, it's as if you were invited through the glass and what lies beyond the screen. And it seems to me that we're living in a world in which we look through the screen. God does not permit us. I love this building because it really, in a sense, is like there's a certain limit around which we as human beings are not allowed to see but all around this window of time and space that we live in, as large as it is, the universe, lies another world that is really real, that is eternal, where Christ came from, which the angels go back and forth through. And in the transfiguration, these three disciples and what they've transmitted to us, we are allowed to see through the veil into what's real, that Christ in his real form is a being of light, and he is inviting us one day to come through this, through the glass, if you will, and into the world of the future, the one that exists but we are not permitted to see. Um, there's a lot of things that appear to be one way and are actually something else. I was thinking along the lines of, of L.A., you know, when you go to the Rose Parade, if you notice next year when you're looking on TV, the entire parade is facing in one direction. So... If you get a ticket to go, make sure that you're on the side that has the cameras because all the floats, all the, all the marchers, they're all facing toward the camera. If you're on the other side, you're nothing but a prop. They're not, they're not parading to you at all. They're parading to the unseen camera and the millions that watch there, not the people on the street. Um, another place where you see fake versus real is in the news. In, in January, there was a, a huge pro-life march in Washington, D.C., another large one up in uh, Pioneer Courthouse Square. In previous years, it was always at the state capitol. Bishop Steiner often, often presided at that. I've been to it once or twice when I had time. And sometimes with hideous weather, it was still full in Washington, D.C. Yet there's a, there's, I won't say conspiracy, there's, there's, a, there's a silence in the media. Never a word. So you have a, a the news is silent about what they don't want to report. And I ask myself, 
what else are they being silent about? If something that's close to many of our hearts is never reported, what else is not being reported? So again, you see fake versus real. And our Lord invites us into the good news, which is the really real, that the news he gives us really is true, and he's giving us full disclosure. Uh, not everything, but enough to see where we're going. The disciples want to move in. They see this and they want to build their tents, build a little house and stay there, and, and they can't because Jesus hasn't had his wounds yet. He, he tells them, I haven't suffered yet. Before I can go to glory, I've got to be rejected by the religious authorities. I've got to be crucified by the Romans. You, all of you are going to run away from me. He didn't say that, but he must have thought it. You'll come back, but I have to go to the cross, and we're going to go back in the valley where it's foggy. We're going back to the Willamette Valley <laughs> until June, and it's not a very good day for that analogy, I guess, but we're going to go into the clouds, and you're not going to be able to see this for a long time. So hold on to that vision, because when the trials and sufferings come, you will need that. If we're followers of Christ, we are going to find the cross. It's never far away. You can't escape it. It's fake to think that I can get married and there's never going to be for, rich, for, for sickness and in, in poverty or in, in difficult times. All these things come to us. We don't want them, but they're part of a commitment. The same is true with the parish. It's true in our lives. It's true in our commitment with God. Uh, God at times permits things to happen that we don't understand, that we wish weren't there, or we don't see answers to our problems. But we know that we already have the victory through Christ. Who can separate us from the love of God, uh, St. Paul says. So Christ invites all of us on this journey to keep the vision of what's real, that right now we live in a world where God only permits us to see certain things, like almost like a television show, which you're watching through the glass. We can't see what lies beyond the screen. They won't let us. But God invites us to come in and see what the Creator sees. And we see something much greater. And this gives real impetus to our, our Lenten observances and our lives because we, are, we have a destination. We know where we're going. We know we're on a ship. We know that we're going to get off one day. And there's something good waiting at the end. So we are getting ready for that with joy. And the trials that God sends us are only meant to prepare us for the time to come when we must disembark and leave all of this behind and pick up what is really real. And all of us are in the process of doing this right now. The transfiguration begins with the small sacrifices of sin or of love, things we're adding in for Lent. These small sacrifices can become a transfiguration in our lives if we allow Christ to give us the vision and then to be faithful to him only by the grace of God when we go through the cross and follow him. We pray that God will give us those transfiguring moments and faithfulness in the difficulties that come.